You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Yoga Magic Podcast, friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. Thanks so much for being here, everyone. So on this show, we share lots of modalities and tools and healers on different self-care and self-discovery practices. And I wanted to take today to share more about my favorite modalities service tool that I offer alongside my friend, Sarah Leverett of Intuitive Empowerment. And that is combining astrology and human design. So let's back up a little. When I first discovered my birth chart years ago, I I just like couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how seen I felt. There were so many takeaways about who I was. I'm a cancer son and cancer is the energy of the mother combined with Capricorn moon, which is like the doer. But first and foremost, you know, my role as a nurturer was something that I really started to understand when I looked at my chart. I felt less apologetic about, you know, wanting to lean into the side of myself that is the nurturer, that is the mother. So I thought of astrology, you know, as this like window into who we are, who I am, who you are. Human design is another tool that is so great at figuring out how to function in the real world, what to do, how to put those things into motion. So I started working and learning a little bit more with human design with my friend Sarah on, you know, how I was able to use who I am in my everyday life. Sarah has such a gift in presenting this information because frankly, it's kind of a lot. And when you look at a human design body graph for the first time, you're like, oh, what is this? You know, (laughs) there's a lot going on here. But Sarah speaks with grace and she uses her intuitive gifts to tell you what you need to hear from that chart in that session. Definitely learn more about Sarah and her work in the show notes. She's been on the show before. We do all of this fun work together. So we decided what my love of astrology, my expertise in this area, her expertise in human design, that we could put these two modalities together into a joint reading. I'm the astrology expert. She's the human design. We talk about where they line up. And what we discovered is that there are so many synchronicities. It it kind of shocks me every time we're on a reading. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's here and here and here. So much fun to look at these two together. So what these readings look like, what they include is an introductory birth chart reading, about 30 minutes really diving into the birth chart. Then we move over to human design and we look at those, those bullet points of human design and then we bring them together. So it's this really cool opportunity to learn about yourself in two very different ways, yet they work in tandem. 
So now we've been doing it for about a year. It is such a popular offering. Um, We do it on Mondays and Tuesdays virtually. And I just wanted to give you a little taste of what these joint readings look like. We called on our mutual friend, Kelly Smith. Kelly is a mama. She's the host of the podcast, Mindful in Minutes. She hosts retreats all over the world. She's a yoga and a meditation teacher. And she graciously agreed to be our guinea pig. And as you'll hear in this conversation, she is just so inquisitive and curious and sincere in her pursuit of self-discovery. So she's hopping on as our student on this live on-air reading. If you want to learn a little bit more about Kelly and all the cool work that she's doing, go way back into the archives, way back to episode 30 to hear from Kelly. We talk about yoga nidra in that episode. And Kelly has just been such a great teacher for me. And actually, Sarah and I have both been on retreats all over the world with Kelly. So having her here as a student just felt very full circle and fun. Thanks to Kelly for her time, for being our guinea pig. Please, please check out her show, Mindful in Minutes, which is this amazing collection of weekly meditations. And if you're looking to go on a retreat in 2023, everyone, she's hosting some fire retreats, especially in the spring. I believe one of them is in Portugal. More info on Kelly in the show notes. So if you want to get a joint reading, you love this conversation, you learn a whole bunch, and you want to discover for yourself, please consider booking an hour session with us. And if you're looking to gift a spiritually curious friend or a family member, you can buy a gift certificate for a reading, and they can book a session on their own time. One-hour sessions are $80, and again, we do them all online Mondays and Tuesdays. Links in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah just really proud of this service, this modality. I love working with Sarah and I hope that you learn something new in listening to this conversation today. As always, if you're new here, you can follow along on Instagram at yoga magic podcast. If you want to hop on our newsletter to learn more about events and bonus episodes, sign up with the link in the show notes and you'll also get a free self-care mini course as a little thank you. I hope you love learning from this episode, everyone. Thanks again for being here. Let's chat with the ladies about human design and astrology. I know we've looked at your chart before and your chart's so, it's just like, it's fun. When I look at your chart, it makes me full of joy. And like, I like talking about it because it feels fun. Do you feel like your chart's fun? So I don't really know because, and I think that's what makes me (laughs) the perfect person to do this is because I'm not like a total astrology, like like chart reading, like person, like I'm only like tangentially familiar with it, but not like, like I couldn't just like look at my chart and be like, oh my gosh, I now have this deeper understanding of like (laughs) who I am and where I came from and what my purpose is. But I love hearing amazing women like you and Sarah talking about this stuff. And I think the first time you saw my chart, you described it as spicy, which is really fun for me. I would say that's very true. (laughs) Let's start with our joint reading. We always begin with just a little bit of grounding because I'm a big, hot, frenetic energy mess most days, and Sarah is not. She's pretty grounded. (laughs) She is. (laughs) So she'll get us started. How it'll work is I'll do a little meditation. I will walk you through your chart. We'll go through a lot of the basics, um, talk through some north-south node fun things, and if you have any questions as it relates to astrology, you can let us know. Then I'll turn over to Sarah. She'll do human design, and then we'll talk about where they sync up because they do work together. Um, We think of astrology as that, like who you are and human design is really this opportunity. Like, what do you do with that information? Like, what do you put into practice? All right, Miss Sarah, ground us, please. (laughs) All right. So if it feels good to join me in closing your eyes, 
or just softening the gaze, letting those eyelids get more and more relaxed. And we'll start here by just noticing what you notice and feeling what you feel. Just letting any thoughts or sensations or feelings come up without any judgment or resistance. Just as easily as they come in, allowing them to continue on their way. And then just allowing an anchor of energy to start at the top of the head, moving down the back of the neck, along the spine, all the way through the base of the spine and the bottoms of the feet. You can imagine here that you have strong and capable roots that anchor you down through each layer of Mother Earth, through the soil and the rock, and send those roots down to the core of the earth. And just know that you are one with nature, one with Mother Earth and her elements, And just resting here in this element of earth and anything that you've been carrying that feels heavy or stuck. You can hand that over to mother earth through your roots and just allow her to transmute that energy and just know here that you are one with source, one with the universe. Divinely guided, divinely connected. And like water, just allowing those feelings and thoughts and sensations to continue to move through you with ease. And then with the element of air, we will seal these intentions in with a breath together. Breathing in the fullness of those intentions. And on an exhale, letting everything else go. And then easing back up to the room that you're in, the physical sensations. And I love that my neighborhood seems to like all have started cutting their grass or doing something <laughs> outside, like right at the beginning of that <laughs> meditation. It always happens. Thanks, yeah. Sarah. That feels no, good. That was so nice. All right, Kelly, I'm going to share my screen with you so that you can see your chart. Is it is it up for you? Yep. There okay. she is. There she is. There's that beaut. All right. So we're going to walk through some of the basics. Interrupt me if you have any questions and if there's anything you're like, I want to know like what that actually means a little bit more. So 
When we're reading a birth chart, I always remind people that the birth chart is a snapshot of the sky the minute that you were born, and it never changes. So you can study your birth chart forever and ever, and it will never change. Does that mean that like it's simple? No, there's so much to it. There's so many little details. And that's the fun part is really understanding like what does this all mean? Who am I? preconditioning of life, preconditioning of partners and kids and jobs. Like when I find that I'm like not exactly sure of of who I am and what I value and all of that, I come back here. So you can use this at any point. We're going to touch on some of the basics. With the, the birth chart, there's all these different placements in here. And what's so cool about astrology is that you get to choose how you show up. In each of these placements, there's a positive expression or a light and there's a shadow. And so that's, you know, that is where free will is in astrology is that you get to choose where you are on that spectrum for every little placement within the chart. And we'll talk about what the light is and what the shadow is for all of these things or for, for many of them. Um, but again, this is not going to put you into a hole. It gives you the opportunity to see like, oh, I'd actually like to move in this direction of this particular placement of my chart. So let's first talk about the sun. And obviously the sun is really important, but it's not everything in the chart. We look up our sun to just understand like, oh, okay, our horoscopes. For you, the sun is actually extremely important um, because it's your chart ruler. And we'll talk about why that is in a moment. So when you're normally looking up your horoscopes, are you looking up Gemini? Yes, I am looking up Gemini. And I didn't know until I met you, Ashley, that there was more than um, that. I was so much more than just a Gemini. Really? You tell me you that. Did. Yeah. I'm so glad I'm here. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny though, because we, I think we hear one version of who we are and we're just like, great, that sounds correct. But there's, there's like so many more layers for you, the sun is going to be a really great place to look to understand who you are again, because it's your chart ruler and because it's it's really prominent in what you do in your career path, how you connect with people. So let's talk about, about your sun. Your sun is in the sign of Gemini. And we look to the sun to understand energy, energy source, vitality, like who you are in the light. If the moon is who you are in the dark, which we're going to talk about in a moment, the sun is like here I am, look at me. This is the version of who I am to everybody else. Um, and really when you're in that source of energy, Gemini is an air sign. You have this like beautiful assortment of air, fire, earth. You've got a really um, pretty balanced chart, um, a little bit earth heavy. And we'll talk about that too, but for your air sign in the sun in Gemini, this is about learning. It's about sharing ideas. It's about connecting to people. It's about having lots of opinions and lots of ideas and being able to spread them. It's also in your 11th house of friends and communities. So I want to back up if you're not familiar with where signs and planets and all of that kind of layout. Your, the planet that we're talking about, so in this case, the sun, that's the player on the stage, right? That's the person, that's the like, the, the energy. The sign that it's in is the costume that it wears. So you can think of your son as wearing this like really information oriented, um, social learning 
costume. And the house that it's in, so this is your 11th house, is where you're going to see this play out the most, or this is the stage, the player in the costume on this particular stage of your life. So this stage in your life is your friends and your communities. So let's put this all together. Your energy source, who you are in the light, is this very um, curious, social, learning-oriented individual. And you see this come out the most in your communities. And I think like, based on what you do, you're a podcaster, you've built a community, you share information, you share, you know, healing properties, meditation, that's helping others. Like, could this not be any more Gemini sun in the 11th house? Does that resonate? Um, It resonates a lot, especially just like information base and just kind of like a curiosity mm-hmm. that I've always had and like just really loving, just kind of like collaborating. And I love to like gather a bunch of information, kind of package it up in a way that's like digestible and then like share it with others. Sharing. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so true. And what's, I, think I always tell anyone that has a prominent Gemini in their chart is that one of the, like the most fun things you can do is to be a part of like a really awesome book club. Like one where you can read stuff about whatever, like tr- your truly your deepest, darkest desires. Maybe it's aliens. Maybe it's like, say, I don't know who knows. Maybe, you know, do you love you some good aliens <laughs> <laughs> where you feel like you can be safe and you can share and you can really have conversations with people that you trust the shadow of Gemini. You know, you hear the stereotypes of Gemini as the twins, as the two face and there is truth to that in that there can be um there can be two versions of how you potentially show up there can be that that kind of gossipy version of gemini and where i think i see this show up the most for gemini is this idea that like everything is true where it becomes a shadow to be like of course yes that's true and that's true and it, you start to lose your own truth if you will and so Gemini, when they're really in that strong power, especially in the sun, they can they can be open-minded, but they know what the actual truth is for themselves. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I, you know, it's interesting because I've never thought of that. That's definitely like, yes, you're describing me, but I, um, I've never thought of that as necessarily being like, a shadow. I've always thought of it as kind of just like being like, you know, two things can exist at once, which is a phrase that I say all the time where I'll be like, yeah, two things can exist at once. This can be true. And at the same time, this can also be true absolutely, as well. Mm-hmm. And like holding those two things at once. Although I will definitely my shadows. I do love a good like gossip. I do love some good juicy <laughs> gossip. Some tea? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's absolutely one of my shadows. If someone has like a little gossip, I might not engage in it, but like, I'm going to listen to it. Shame. Honestly. Yeah. Like, and I'm be like, oh, what, what was that? What'd you just say? That's kind of juicy. <laughs> the, you know, the yes and yes is definitely, it can be a positive expression too. Right. I think it's when we get lost in the, like, especially in the social media of it all of that, like information, it's all true. That's where Gemini can get into a little bit of trouble. Um, And then the other piece that's something we can definitely work on and understand is this like kind of, I always say like the squirrel energy where you get distracted really fast. (laughs) Gemini is definitely prone to that and being able to set up systems that allow you to focus in. And I think this is where Sarah is going to come in really handy. 
focus in for whatever amount of time you have in you to focus and then allow yourself some flexibility. Just knowing that like, you know, you have lots of interests and you can get distracted easily. And that's okay. That is totally okay. And here I always thought it was my ADHD, but however, it seems like I have the double whammy of both this Gemini sun energy and ADHD at the same time. It might. I mean, I've never done any actual study on this and I'm sure somebody has, but I, I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if many Gemini prominent energies have ADHD. It's just like, that's, that's the vibe and that's nothing wrong. It's just, you know, have to, you have to figure it out, you know? Okay. Let's move over to your moon. Your moon is very, very different. Your moon in Capricorn. Actually, you got a whole bunch of planets right over here in Capricorn is, can I interrupt you for one second and ask you a question? Mm -hmm. Okay. So as I'm looking at this chart, what does it mean? And is it maybe usual? Isn't the right word, but I notice I have a lot of like empty houses. houses. Yes. Is Mm -hmm. that like typical? What does that mean? That just means like they were asleep or what? Why are they empty? (laughs) (laughs) I love this question. I get it a lot. Doesn't mean good or bad or anything. What it means is that you have more um, specific energy in different houses. So we can tell you, hey, you know what? Your energy sources are very in your communities and your um, subconscious, your feelings of safety happen to play out in your daily routines. Does that mean that like we don't know anything about those other houses? No, it's just that there's a little less information. So, and a little less energy in those places. So let's use like your eighth house, for example, doesn't have any planets, but it's in the sign of Pisces. And so we know that like transformation is very spiritual for you because Pisces is very spiritual. Eighth house is transformation, grief, those journeys that are hard. So I can give you the flavor of that particular area of your life, but I can't tell you exactly how it plays out as much as I could if there was a planet in another house. Does that make sense? It does. Is it common to have empty houses? Yes. Yes. It would be shocking if you'd had zero empty houses. Um, Maybe not shocking, but it would be like, pretty wild. Um, cause most people will have like a good amount of mix up and then just like a few empty houses like you do. Okay. Got mm-hmm. it. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So the moon for you, the moon is your subconscious. It's your emotions and it's where you feel safe. This is why we associate the moon with mother energy. And I love that as you know, you're as a mother, I'm a mother, like this understanding of, you know, where we feel safe. That's that's mom. That's lunar energy, the moon. And so your moon is in the sign of Capricorn and we share this same placement. And so I understand this on a very deep level. Capricorn is the doer energy. Capricorn is like, I'm going to get all the certifications. I'm going to achieve my goals. I'm going to, you know, be a boss. This is, this is actually relatively, um, masculine energy in the sense that like, it's like going out and accomplishing. Um, You'd be surprised to know that actually Capricorn in astrology is a feminine energy. And I always found that to be kind of cool because like, yeah. Um, So your moon here, you feel safe doing things, accomplishing things. You feel safe in your work. You feel safe, you know, being really goal oriented and it shows up in your daily life in your daily routines, whether that be health and wellness, whether that be meditation, you know, it's so clear that this is a part of who you are. The shadow 
that really shows up. And, and I will say that this is like a, this is a tougher one is that you are very hard on yourself or you can be really hard on yourself having Capricorn in the moon because Capricorn is like, cool, you accomplished that goal. Great. Let's move on to the next. What's next. Let's do that. And so knowing that and knowing that at times that inner dialogue can be extra hard, gives you the opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to celebrate more as I, as I accomplish my goals, as I do the things that really, you know, moment me forward. And that feels good. I need to pause before I move on to the next thing and just be really joyful. Does that land? Um, it's like you looked into my soul and read <laughs> my deepest, darkest inner workings and secrets. <laughs> Glad. That is, that is me. All of that is me to a T. You know, it's, it's so fun to like, these are very different energies to have all these ideas in your, your son. And then to have this like grounded momentum, take, you know, take your to-do list by the horns and just go, they work really well together. So like, don't feel that this is like a negative that they're different. It's actually really, really nice. Your rising sign. And we'll talk about, you know, again, I said this chart ruler, what that means. So your ascendant, your rising sign is how people perceive you. And why this is important is because, you know, this is how you interact with the world. This is how people, they, they immediately latch onto this energy or they see this energy first before they see all these other pieces of your chart. So you can use it in a lot of ways. You can use it to your advantage, especially when you have a bright and shiny rising sign like you do as a Leo. Okay. And the planet that rules your ascendant sign, so Leo in this case, is the chart ruler. And what the only sign that's ruled by a star, the sun is Leo. So you're ruled by the sun. And that's why I say this is your chart ruler. Okay. So if anyone's listening, they're like, what does this mean? Look at your ascendant and look up the planetary ruler of that particular sign. And that is the the ruler of your chart. So what that means is, again, it's just that your sun has like extra potency than some of the other planets. Okay. So people pick up on your Leo energy right away. They see very confident. They see, um, in, I say like bright and shiny and that like, you kind of can't miss a Leo rising. If you were to be in like a lineup of people and you just stood there and you had like your normal Kelly energy, people would notice that right away. You literally wouldn't have to do anything. It's so exuberant, joyful the shadow of Leo is that like show offy version. Um, and, you know, the, even like sometimes old people will say like self-centered, but I think it's misconstrued. It's just that like Leo is just really confident and Leo wants to help the world in these really unique ways. And they want to get credit. They want to show, they want to give examples to others for how they do that. What's also important here, Kelly, is that your south node's here too. Okay. And your North and South node are really where you're headed in this life. Like the energy that you brought in is your South node and your North node is where you're going over the course of your entire life. So you came into this life with Leo energy. You know what it's like to be seen. You know what it's like to show up as bright and shiny, to be like a, like a celebrity, honestly, like that's Leo, Leo in my uh, vernacular. And over the course of your life, you will be moving more towards Aquarius energy. What's so cool about Leo and Aquarius is they are both extremely generous. They want to make the world a better place. Leo wants credit for it. Leo wants to be seen and wants to set that example, whereas Aquarius is totally okay being in the background. 
Okay. So you might find yourself drawn to more of these like background projects. Um, I think about that, especially in motherhood, like we are like, it would be so fun to, like to be that dance mom. Like I would love to be that dance. I was just like, look <laughs> at my daughter. Like she's amazing. But also that's like, doesn't always go <laughs> well. So like being in the background in a lot of ways can be um, better for everyone else. And it shows up for you in your personal relationships, partnership, it's in that seventh house of like romantic committed relationships. It might be like, it might be your partner. It might be like a business partner, but it's really this, like, I'm okay being just a little bit in the background um, because I know at the end of the day, like I have this bright and shiny ascendant that's going to fill you up in the Leo department. And you might find yourself wanting to do things again in the background as you get older because you know that it's ultimately benefiting everybody. Does that, that sounds like a little negative, but like, I don't think it is. I think it's a good thing. No, it's, it's so interesting because something that I've been like struggling with a little bit and maybe struggle isn't the right word, but as you're describing that, the thing that's like coming up for me is that lately I've been finding myself in particular, getting um, a little bit frustrated with uh, my husband in particular with, um, cause you know, they're so, they're so good at that, um, <laughs> triggering but, us, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I'm just like, mm. but I've been finding that, like, I have been having some really exciting things happening, like professionally hitting really big milestones, having things happen that like I used to only dream of. And now they're here in my life. And like, I don't necessarily take time to celebrate it. I'm like, okay, cool. This, you know, this big thing just happened. Cool. Amazing. Like on to the next thing. But then I've been getting so irritated at my partner specifically for not like celebrating it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like needing that, like, even if I don't get it for myself, like needing the really, really close, like the very inner, inner circle of people to like celebrate the milestones, even yeah. if I'm not like, I'm so hard on myself. I'm just like, okay, cool. Like achieve this thing. I never thought I'd achieve. Great. What's the next thing. But then also like if, if everyone else around me isn't like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. We should celebrate. I get, I get really irritated by that. Mm -hmm. And you're still super young. So you're still in Leo territory. Like you're not necessarily in that like Aquarius land just yet. Um, And it might show up in a lot of different ways. You know, Aquarius is really free thinking and is able to think outside the box. So like moving into your Aquarius North node, as you get much older can show up in a lot of ways. It's so Knowing too, I also know that your husband is a Leo. So like he knows what this feels like. So I think that's really helpful information is like, hey, my rising sign's here, my self notes here. And like at this moment, like I do need a little bit of credit, especially within my close, close family and, and, you know, community for sure. So this is all resonating. I want to pause any questions about those big three chart ruler, North node, South node. No, I learned today. I learned about South node is how I came in. North node is where I'm going. Is that right? Yeah. Nailed it. I learned something. I learned something new today. There's so much to unpack with those. So, and the way that you described like Leo energy of like how you came in, like if you talked to my mom, if we called up Susan right now, like I think, especially (laughs) as like a kid, like I, I think the way you were describing that energy is like how she speaks of me as like a little kid. (laughs) Susan. I love it. Susan. All right. I'm going to turn it over to Sarah. She's going to talk to a little human design and then we'll just bring it back at the end with some interesting synchronicities. Okay. All right. So I love how 
succinctly Ashley described human design energy around now that you know your natal chart and who you are preconditioning, now what do you do with it? Um, I think that that is um, one of my favorite things about human design, that it's definitely metaphysical in theory, but then very practical in the exercises and the experiments that you can take away from it. And astrology is a major piece of your human design chart. Um, Those same planetary symbols that you saw within your natal chart, you will see on the sides of your body graph in human design. Um, So all of those placements correspond to the numbers that are within your chart. Um, And depending on which ones are defined, you get a different flavor of energy in those energy centers. So when you're looking at the body graph, you'll see all of these different shapes, the triangles and the squares. Some of them are white. Some of them are colored in. Um, those are very similar to the idea of, uh, the chakras or, uh, like having the seven energy centers within the body. Um, but in human design, we're looking at nine different major energy centers. And if they are white, these are your open centers. These are the places where you are bringing in external energy, external information, And you're processing that within your body and then turning that energy around and amplifying it outward Um, versus the places that you are colored in in those energy centers are the places where you are consistently creating energy within your body. So this energy is going to be consistently and authentically your energy and not necessarily energy that you're empathing from the world around you. Um, And when we think about being an empath, a lot of times we just think about emotional empaths, bringing in the emotions of other people, which would definitely be true for you looking at your chart. You have an open solar plexus, so that's where you're bringing in outside emotions and then turning those around and amplifying them. But you're also an empath in a lot of different other types of energies as well. Um, you have a ton of openness in your chart, Kelly. So I would say, um, being highly empathetic and highly sensitive to environments and other people and that sort of thing, um, would be true just by looking at your chart. Would you say that that resonates with you? It does. It does resonate with me, like on the inside, but also just, and, and tell me if this is, um, accurate or not, Sarah, but I think that is this kind of like what Ashley said, where it's just like a snapshot. So for example, like I am definitely a more sensitive person, but I can have like a harder exterior, but I have the harder exterior because of the experiences like of life that I've had thus far. Oh, 100%. So this is is like the snapshot kind of like your birth chart where it's like, this is, you know, when you were born, like this is it. Yes, absolutely. Um, And when I say sensitive, I don't necessarily mean like, highly emotional. When I say sensitive, I just mean that like you could easily pick up on what someone's thinking or easily pick up on what someone's feeling or walk into a room and nobody's necessarily said something in particular, but you just know the energy of that room without anybody having to say anything. So kind of um, picking up on energy uh, and that doesn't always manifest as like 
showing that emotion or showing kind of that vulnerability. It's kind of what's going on inside, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. And that resonates. Um, And I would even say with an open solar plexus that sometimes it might be a little difficult to tap into the sensitivity of what exactly are you feeling? What exactly are you sad? Are you angry? Are you joyful? Um, Because uh, with that open solar plexus, you're picking up so much from the world around you that sometimes when you're just in your own solitude and your own energy, it might not be um, super easy to know exactly what it is that you feel. Do you find that to be true? Yeah. You sound like my therapist. (laughs) (laughs) I have an open solar plexus as well. So I, I know that, that phenomenon, that, that thing where it's like, you're so tapped into what everybody else is feeling, but like, what the heck are you even feeling? Um, at least that's how it shows up for me. Um, But yeah, you have a lot of openness. The only two places in your energy centers that you're creating that consistent energy um, are your throat center and your G center, which is part of the heart energy, the love and the direction. So with open centers, these are opportunities um, for wisdom. And so with you having so much openness, there's so much wisdom here. I've heard it described that our open centers are the places where we are here to be in school, to learn, to build that understanding of what it means to be human. And these are also the places where we need the most deconditioning because we're picking up not only those feelings, but the thoughts of others, the shoulds of others, um, the expectations of others. And not just, you know, our friends and family, but also society as a whole as well. Um, And kind of taking some of that pressure off of ourselves. Um, These are open areas where you could totally excavate and look deeper into each one and see like, what belief systems do I hold in these energies and why do I hold them? Why is it that I think this way or feel this way or believe this way? And it's possible. that some of those don't fit anymore. Some of those might be something that you've picked up from the outside world that you don't necessarily want to um, hold on to. I think of these open centers like sponges. And it's like, if we're not having our alone time and we're not wringing those centers out, it's like a sponge that just gets oversaturated. And over time, it just gets heavier and heavier and heavier. Um, So I think the best thing being this open is, yeah, uh, solitude practice and just anything that makes you feel lighter, anything that you can just like use to wring those centers out um, at the end of the day or the beginning of the day, whatever works with you. And what are some of your favorite wringing out practices other than solitude as a fellow open uh, individual? Yeah. Great question. To me, sometimes just getting it out of my head and onto paper helps a ton. Or if I don't have a journal nearby, then just out of my head and into a voice note on my phone, just some way that I can get it from inside to outside. It just feels like that, that ringing, 
that ringing out. And then I would say tapping into like the energy, the element of water really helps like actually visualizing like when you're ringing out a sponge, that water leaving. So whether that's like when I have the faucet turned on, when I'm washing my hands or brushing my teeth or washing dishes or whatever it is, using those little moments throughout my day that I'm like hearing water, feeling water, seeing water to remind me to be like water, you know, and like let those things flush from my body. And so if I have a lot of openness in my chart, does that mean that I'm here to do a lot of learning? Um, I would say so. Yeah, I would say so. That brings us to your, your type. And I see a lot of this Gemini energy in uh, the way that Ashley described it in kind of uh, what it means to be a projector as well. So in human design, there are five energy types. Three of those are um, energy beings and two of them being more of the non-energy beings. Um, And what that means um, is that some of us are here to be and to see and to observe and lead from that space. And then some of us are here to be more in that doing energy and with an open sacral center. So the sacral center is the, the square right above the root square at the bottom. And that is what's called the motor center in the body. So someone who's an energy type would have that consistent motor energy. Versus you having this openness in the sacral center, that doing and going and pushing will burn out more quickly just because um, of that openness there and just because it's not necessarily consistent. But I hear with this Capricorn moon that you feel safe in that doing and moving and going and getting things done. So I'll be really interested to hear uh, what this feels like for you. But as a projector, really more being overdoing and learning, since you brought that up, isn't necessarily a doing energy for projectors. Learning is a really beautiful being energy as a projector where you're absorbing information, insight, whether that's from other people, whether that's in your solitude. That doing energy is the stuff that feels grindy. So the sweet spot for a projector is the ease and the effortless. Projectors get just as much done as the rest of the energy types but it's more in this like passive observing being state and your body will let you know which place that you're in because projectors are really here to see things very clearly, see into people very clearly, see into systems really clearly and not only see it clearly, but know how could this work more efficiently. How could this work more smoothly? How can we be doing this in a more easeful manner? And not everybody is ready for that wisdom and that insight. So in the meantime, while you're kind of waiting to be invited into that more leadership advice giving space, learning is the sweet spot for a projector. Honing your craft, reading what you love to read, listening to what you love to listen to, trying out any new practices that feel really good. 
And it's like, as you're honing your craft, as you're getting more and more clear on your gifts, then that strategy of being invited comes online. Um, And being invited, it's passive in the sense that you're waiting for someone to ask for your advice or ask for your guidance. But it's not passive in the sense of just like waiting around, not doing anything. Um, This is where, again, you're learning and you're growing and you're um, doing what lights you up and what feels really good and easeful in your body. But the projector aura, it can feel really deep for people. Um, A lot of people kind of live on the surface and they kind of want to stay in their comfort zone in the middle. And a projector can see right through all that, right through to the core of someone, right past the surface, right past um, kind of the day-to-day small talk. And if the other person isn't ready to go deep, that projector energy can be a little bit much for people. And so that's why that being invited is so important. One for yourself so that you're not overextending that motor that you don't necessarily have consistent energy for trying to fix and help and take things off people's plate. And on the other side, it's not only really good for you and your energy, but for the other person, your advice and your guidance and your wisdom is going to land better when they're ready for it, when they're asking for it. Um. But yeah, I see a lot of this like emphasis on learning with the Gemini as well as in this projector space. How does all of that feel? That's so interesting to me. I'm just like sitting and absorbing it all. Um, I do love learning. And it's funny because one thing that I've been, even before our time together, like really thinking is I'm like, oh, I need to like learn something new. I've been doing so much just like doing and like transitioning and figuring out like what my day looks like now that I'm a mom and all this different stuff that it's like, I kind of, I'm just like, Oh, I just miss like doing something fun. I was actually thinking this is not just, you know, a, a plug for Sarah, for you and Gina, but I was like, Oh, should I like do hypnotic arts? Should I like do something that's just like totally different and new and for no purpose other than to just like do a new thing to learn and have fun with it. And that's what's been like bopping around in my brain for a while. <laughs> yes, I love that as a projector, this just learning for the sake of learning and for it to be fun and new and exciting. And to Ashley's point of that, like where Capricorn can go a little bit shadowy, I think projectors can go a little bit shadowy when it's like learning for the certificate, learning for the achievement, learning for the grade, learning for the validation. I fall into that often as a projector, but I love hearing you say that on the flip side, like being more in the like doing it just for fun, doing it just because it'll be like a new, exciting thing. I think that's where we want to be as projectors because What projectors really, really love in their energy is this being seen, being recognized and being validated for what we're good at for our gifts. Um, And I love that you've already kind of brought this up around this Leo energy, because that is also the projector thing, like really 
because we see so deeply into other people and we naturally see other people's gifts and we naturally recognize how wonderful other people are, it's like our deepest need as well is to also be just as seen, just as recognized, just as validated. And so again, like that's where we can like pour ourselves into achievements and goals and checking things off the box because we're looking for that, right? But it starts inward. It starts with being able to give ourselves that recognition. And I love that you're already aware that you could be celebrating yourself a little bit more. You could be like pausing and really taking in every achievement that you have. And then I don't think it's a bad thing at all to tell the people around you like, hey, I I need to be seen, like I need to be recognized, like I would love more words of affirmation uh, or whatever it is that feels really good um, for you as well. But it's like we, we are constantly seeing and recognizing other people. And so we want that as well. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay. So we talked about type. We talked about strategy, waiting, being more in that waiting space versus in that initiating and fixing and taking things on space. Um, oh, and then that I can be too much for people that made me giggle a little bit. I was <laughs> like, Oh, not me going too deep, too fast <laughs> for anything I do. <laughs> oh goodness. But there are the people that love that, right? There are the people who are ready for that. And energetically you'll feel the difference. Like, you know, when someone wants to go deep versus not, um, for sure. Can I offer up just another fun observation on this Kelly, like this idea of the invitation as Sarah was describing it. So with your platform, you put out a lot of information, a lot of content, a lot of like really helpful practices and tools. And you're not necessarily like, you're not shoving it down anyone's throat. You're literally just putting it out there. And if they're wanting to bring it in, they can consume it. And I think that's so that's like, that's how you can think of this as an invitation is that when someone's ready for, they want to do, you know, an amazing meditation, they're going to seek you out. And, and that's that, like that invitation has been put forward and you just already have everything set up and ready to go. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. That makes sense. Perfect. Yes. As opposed to needing like a, you are invited Mm -hmm. to come and be a part of my whatever sleep or whatever. Kelly's sleeping with people. You are invited to come sleep with me in the evenings (laughs) through my headphones, through my meditations. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and I almost called the, what's the one above, um, the solar plexus. I know it's not the G spot, but that's almost what I called it. What is that one called? Oh, the G center. The G center. Okay. (laughs) It was like, I think of it as the G spot sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, authority. So your type is how does my energy work? How does my aura feel for other people? How does it feel for me? The strategy is now, what do I do with that? So then your authority is it's decision-making time. What can I rely on in my body to give me consistent and authentic decisions? Um, so you want that to come from a place that's consistent and authentic in your energy. So that's why yours is coming from this self-projected place is because you're going to get your clarity when you talk it out. So with your throat center being defined, that throat energy is consistent and authentically you. So when you hear yourself talking things out loud with your inner circle, people you trust, 
you are going to get clarity by just hearing that out loud. It's not necessarily that you need someone else to tell you what to do or to give you advice. It's just that you need to hear yourself speaking it out loud. Um, It's like you need that sounding board um, and you'll hear your truth. Uh, It's still coming from inside and it's not coming from like a mental place. It's not coming from like, I need to think this out. It's literally just letting yourself be expressed. And through hearing that in your voice, then all of a sudden the clarity comes in on what you feel, what you need and how to make that next decision. Um, And it's important that you know who those people are for you, like those safe people that you can kind of be in that space with. Um, I'm like the two of you who have both been on the receiving end of my voice memos, talking things out (laughs) about things that do or do not uh, pertain to you. So I think truer words have never been spoken. (laughs) I love that. And I don't see self-projected authority very often. So I I also find this to be, um, very unique. Um, have you always known that about yourself that you kind of need to talk things out or is that a newer revelation? It's something that I've really like the more that I've, I guess, like leaned into, or the more that I've been in like entrepreneurship, specifically like being an entrepreneur in like a woman dominated space. I specifically find it so useful to talk things out with other women that are in a similar space and to just like bounce ideas off of someone, or, you know, like you said, like, just say it, then I'm kind of like processing it. And they'll be often, I'll be sending like a voice message to someone that asked me a question and then I'll be like responding, but I'm also like working it out as I'm responding. And, um, like, yeah. And knowing like those handful of people that I just know that I can do that with. And that they will, that they'll get it and that they're good, like safe people to kind of like bounce ideas off of or like, you know, and kind of like vice versa. I love a good, just a good brainstorm. Totally. I love Absolutely. it. This will help Kelly in the sense of like, we're talking like Gemini can be like, yes and yes. And when that information becomes too much and you're just like, you want to whittle it down, like, okay, well, is this true for me? This is how you would get to your answer, mm-hmm. right? For you okay. to be able to talk it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's helpful. Yes. And in your profile, so you're a four, six profile. And this idea of inner circle and community has come up multiple times in multiple placements and in multiple ways. But that four line is that same energy mm-hmm. of like, your wealth is going to come from your people. Like your community is what is going to perpetuate your success. It's like you have a tight inner circle and then that inner circle radiates to the next inner circle and the next and the next, and it ripples outward. So it's not necessarily that you need to have a million friends, but it's like just in your inner circle, you're going to reach tons of people through that ripple effect. And it's going like deep and intimate with people that kind of, it sparks that authenticity and that vulnerability and people then want to support you, want to support your work. It's like this idea of word of mouth being your best marketing strategy, just letting things naturally come to you through the impact that you make 
with that inner circle. And I think what was it? The 11th house uh, with that Gemini. Is that right? Yeah. So just leaning on that and letting it be natural, letting it be effortless, letting it be easeful. So quick question for you, Sarah, like these other things that I see, and I obviously can like, you know, look them up on my own time, but like the quick, like 30 second, you know, like, like single definition, um, incarnation, like really high level. Like what are these things? Um, okay. So your definition speaks to how well are all of the energies within the different places in your chart speaking to each other. Um, Mm -hmm. your incarnation cross is going to give you an idea of like overarching theme, like overarching life purpose, like at a very high level. Um, your not self theme will give you like an emotional checkpoint. Like if you're feeling more successful versus bitter as a projector, you can kind of use that as a checkpoint um, to see your alignment. Um, digestion speaks to not only how are you digesting food, but also information, energy, um, strongest sense is what it sounds like, uh, and environment is also, um, metaphorical in the sense of, uh, like environments you could create for yourself versus actually going to the beach with you having the shores environment. Um, but each of these pieces could be a full practice, a full rabbit hole, like just like astrology, human design definitely gets into the, the weeds for sure. Cool. That's it's interesting stuff. So Kelly, as far as how they kind of come together, obviously we've pointed out a ton, but there's a couple other things that I think would be helpful. Um, so we're talking that Gemini like squirrel energy where you're like, if you get that can, that lapse in focus, um, knowing that I, I could have guessed you're a projector. I don't normally see these charts until Sarah starts talking, but what can help with that is knowing the things that you consider like quote unquote, the grind. Okay. The things that you really dislike doing, you really in your day probably have about two to three hours max in you to do those things. Okay. And if you can set up your day in a way that like, you know, you've got some fun time, like whatever you consider a fun part of your job is like, you know, you're still working perhaps an eight, nine hour day, but like two of those hours are the things that you don't really enjoy. I think you'll find that focus is, is more manageable, um, as a projector. When, when I, when that someone told me that I'm not a projector, I'm a generator, but my partner is a a projector and I, I helped him figure this out. It was like a huge unlock. It really helped. That's Um, an interesting way to look at it. Aquarius. So when I was talking that North node in Aquarius, I I think as Sarah's talking through this, I think what you'll see Aquarius North Node show up as is this like idea of working more efficiently, like coming up with solves and solutions that are very out of the box. And you in the information gathering stage of your life right now, that's all you need to do, right? Like that's all you just like live in that like absorption, Gemini sun energy, and, and find the joy in it because that's what Leo is, right? That Leo South Node is just all about that joy stage. And as you get older, you might find like, okay, now I have all the information. Now I want to put this into practice and I want to like be a solver, right? Because that's what Aquarius does. Just thinks through things in a very different way to come up with a solution. I do love that. 
<laughs> I love I love coming up with these solutions to things. And then, yeah, I think those are the only other notes. Anything from you, Sarah? I don't think so. I am curious just from you, Kelly, like being that you feel so safe in that Capricorn doing and achieving and hearing to Ashley's point of really only grinding and doing, doing the harder grindy work two or three hours a day. Like, how does that feel? Does that feel doable right now? Does that feel like a huge stretch? What do you think? It doesn't feel like a huge stretch because I think that although I do feel really like safe and I enjoy the doing, like kind of like Ashley was describing, I think there's a way in which I can look at, I, I describe this often, like when I work with people in like a mentorship capacity as doing like a time audit in which you're looking at like, realistically, what am I doing? Where am I spending my time? What, you know, all this time adds up in such kind of weird, like little here and there places. And then doing just kind of like an audit of like, what's actually happening during the day. What, you know, feels like the quote fun part, what isn't. And then just looking at how to kind of rearrange that and make it much more doable, I think is something that, um, yeah, it seems I mean, it's always the kind of stuff that we tell uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe this is just me now that you guys have seen all my charts, but to me, it feels very much like it's so easy to like tell other people to do these things. And then, and then you're like, oh, well, maybe I should take a pee, like where I'm actually spending my time. Cause I'd be willing to bet I'm not like, I don't know. The number that comes to my mind is like three to four hours of kind of doing like the not so fun stuff, but it's probably because I do get that like squirrel energy. It's like a little bit here, a little bit there. And then, oh, I'm going to run off and go do this thing. And then that thing. And it just like ends up being kind of like a a day suck mm-hmm. of like, just all of a sudden you're like, and where did the day go? When you feel overwhelmed, you know, we've used, we've thrown that word around before. When you feel that overwhelm, I think this is where you, you look is like how many hours, like, and it doesn't have to be precise, right? Like we're just yeah. throwing out information, but like, am I spending too much energy on this like major grind stuff? Could I, could I buffer in? Like if doing mentorship work is fun, is something that you enjoy as a part of your work, like let's not include it. But the, like, for example, I like writing is hard for me. That feels really grindy for Sarah, for you probably doesn't, then I know like I, you know, that wouldn't be included in those uh, or that rather it would be included in those like tough two to three hours. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's always like chores, anything that feels like a chore. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious though, from you guys, since you both also know me in a personal capacity and not just in like a chart capacity, like what, what do you think of everything that you just saw? Like, is it accurate? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't say that I can read a person it from a completely like unbiased state. Like I could never read that chart and say like black and white, this is who you are because I know you. So 100% it's true. You know, it, it really, but what I think is so helpful is like when you feel like a little bit lost, you get to go deeper into both of those charts to figure out again, like who, who am I and what can I do with this information? And that's like, I think that's where the fun is in all of this is like, this is literally the beginning. This is the the very, the tip of the iceberg. I love that. Sarah, do you think it's, it's accurate? Yeah. And I'll say as a projector myself, I love 
being around other projectors because it's like naturally I feel seen by you, Kelly. Like naturally I feel recognized by you. And the other thing that projectors are really good at are asking really good questions. And I always feel like when I see you, you have a really good question for me. Um, so yeah, and as a projector, it's really easy to for me to be around other projectors. So I feel that ease with you and that natural, like natural, naturally being seen and naturally going deep. And I really appreciate that. I, well, I appreciate that about you too, because I do always show up with some kind of, I'm glad you think it's a good question. I usually <laughs> think it's like a not on planet earth question that I usually show up and I'm like, oh, let me ask you this question. But you always have such like insightful, like deep, well thought out answers. So it's easy for me to come with these questions to you. Cause I'm like, well, I've got a question. I know someone that probably has an answer or an idea around this around this question. And you're always, especially my more um, obscure questions. Like before we hit record, I was asking about an animal energy that I saw. And I was like, I'm just going to wait and ask Sarah about that. Cause I bet she'll have some really great ideas around this animal energy that presented itself to me. And you did. It's nice to have this community. That's for sure. Lots of, lots of answers in different place, corners of the internet. <laughs> I agree. And everyone's so everyone like yeah, in this little corner of the internet, it's like everyone has a different perspective or like a different skill set. So then if you like True. throw out a question, you'll get like the astrology version of the answer, like the human design, like the past life, the like intuition meditation side, like you'll get all these different like interpretations of a thing. Our right, team. Really cool. That's awesome. Totally. Thanks again for being here, everyone. If you want to book one of these sessions, information is in the show notes. You can book it as a reading for yourself or you can gift it to someone else. Learn more about Sarah, Kelly, and yoga magic in the show notes. I will see you next week.